1: conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey it's sal capaccio
2: filling up right behind the bills bench right now with their flags and their "Hey, hey 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 Let's go Buffalo Chan
3: on WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome back. So, yes, let's start with Derek Carr. Sorry, guys. It, it, just because I mentioned twice that I want to read you this list and we can, I mean, there's no massive Bills news we need to put in front of it, is there? Sal, we're okay here, I hope?
2: <laughs> I think so, yeah. As of right now, at least.
3: As of right now. Mike Tenere of Football Outsiders lists three good Ideal is his word. Landing spots for Derek Carr. The Jets, that's in the news today. He visited them. There are quotes from the Jets about how impressed they are with him or were. And, like, that sounds right. You know, a little bit of public schmoozing, maybe. Uh, Carolina, it was, I guess it was myself who put Carr on Carolina in our draft on Friday as I'm looking at it now. And, you know, yep, that, that could be right. And his third team is New England. He he writes, Mac Jones ain't going to happen, that Carr would fit with Bill O'Brien for a few reasons, and mm-hmm. I don't know, like, could the Patriots get out on Mac Jones? Did, did you guys see some other Raiders rumor with him this weekend with Josh McDaniel? I, I don't know, Sal, what do you think the merits are of New England looking elsewhere for Mac Jones?
2: I think it's possible. I, from what I remember and kind of have been reading, like... Belichick didn't seem super duper committed to him at the end of the season. Uh, he sounded a little bit lukewarm and left the door open. Now, that's Belichick, right? I mean, you don't really ever get much definitive from him, him anyway, but I guess early in the year, he sounded even more so kind of like, yeah, that's not going to happen. But at the end of the year, it wasn't. And then they had all those changes. And, you know, I think that, you know, he even said himself, basically, that, like, they, they, made a lot of mistakes last year with, you know, however he phrased it, like they have to kind of go back and change some things. And that's why they bring in Bill O'Brien and, you know, Patricia is no longer doing that and judge and all that kind of stuff. So I would not rule it out that they move on from Mac Jones. I still think it's unlikely they do that though. Um, I think Robert Kraft probably would not really endorse that move necessarily, but we'll see where it goes on that.
4: Yeah. It, 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 I, I, I think I picked New England on Friday. I don't remember who mm-hmm. I matched there. Maybe Garoppolo?
3: Zach did. With uh, oh, New England. Zach did. Yeah, you oh. wanted to.
4: I wanted to because, I, yeah, I, I made the case that O'Brien is there now, and it's possible, anyway, that he like just goes to Belichick. And, like, we got to, you know, there's a better idea. Let's find it uh, than this guy. Um, so, like, that's not, you know, to me, out of the question, but it was, you know, a long shot when I, when I thought to say it, uh, I think. And that's still where I'd be. I think it would make sense for – them to see if Jones can show signs of progress with, well, I don't know, for lack of a better way to put this, a real offensive coach, which he's got now.
2: Yeah, and I mean, there's just been some rumblings and things said about how, like, Jones's personality and Belichick, they're not like a super great mash, and Belichick was a little frustrated with the way some things went. Now, I don't know. Like, is that just the way he was? And there was some other stuff last year with the way it, he was with um, Patricia, right? I mean, yeah. just how how they kind of went at it a little bit. So we'll see. I, I And the Patriots have a lot of money this offseason. They really do. Like, if they want to make a move, the door is kind of open, right? I mean, I'm, I don't know if you've seen anything about them, like, being connected to Lamar Jackson necessarily or Aaron Rodgers, but – those are that's this is like the year where that would be maybe the kind of move. Look, Belichick is, I believe, eighteen wins away from Don Shula. He wants that record. I think we all know that. He's not going to get it this year. Does he even get it in two years? How long does he want to wait on to do that? Because he wants that record. They have money. They want to win. They haven't made the playoffs in a couple years. There's there's heat coming on him from Kraft a little bit. So I, I'm I think that there could be some changes that maybe even more so than people might have thought originally here
3: just would love to know what he really thinks about the Bills, Belichick, and just how much of a problem that he thinks – he probably thinks it's beatable, right? Any, anybody would. Any coach would think, like, there's a path. You know, he knows who he is, and how do I get past them or how do I even beat them? Like, that's been a problem for New England outside of, like, 50-mile-an-hour wind nights. So I wonder what he thinks there. It really, you know, at his age, too <laughs> – I'm not sure even really what it matters. Like he's got to figure out some way of his quarterback isn't so much the problem. Like he's in the, he hasn't been able to stop ours in, in these games. Yeah. Right. Um, but just that's a good point. It's getting late. And right now they are a level below. How about Carr and the jets? So again, that's like the topic today just went there. How would you guys feel about them if they got him? So I think they're better. Obviously,
2: and they were. I mean, I don't know how much worse you can get for the quarterback play they got last year. I mean, he's going to be 32. He's not super old. He can still play. There's some inconsistencies. I think he's done very well. Better. I think his numbers are pretty good, are really good, actually, and probably he's been a better quarterback overall in the landscape than he's been given credit for over the years. I don't think they become some unbelievably huge threat suddenly with Derek Carr. Um, and I still think that there are now things you have to think about for the future. Now, that's going to happen anyway. They want a veteran quarterback. It's funny. I saw I was watching Mike Tannenbaum this morning. He said, I think they should draft somebody. And I'm thinking, no, that's like the least thing they should do. They've been trying this. They're, they, they have a window now. They want to win. They feel they have a roster here that's ready. They want a veteran quarterback. The owner has said that. So I think they'd be a better team. I don't think they're challenging for the Bills for the division. They still have offensive line issues to me. Uh, what's Brees Hall's situation coming back? How does that look? And um, I, I don't think Carr is such a Threat, you know, overall as a quarterback in the division compared to Josh Allen or anybody like that.
4: He's definitely not. Excuse me, sorry. He's definitely not on Allen's level. Uh, I don't think anyone would assert that he is. Uh, but I, I, I think at the same time, from where they're coming from, you're talking mm-hmm. about what would be a massive upgrade. Uh, I think, yeah. e- even though his ceiling is is you know lower than the best guys, um, so I I think that they're they they'd be in the mix for. I think second best team in the division for sure and I'm not I'm not going to be as quick to say they they wouldn't be a threat to the Bills. Like defensively, they have done a job. They're like the opposite of New England uh mm-hmm. as it pertains to stopping Allen in this offense. And that's not just last year's results. Um you know, there's there's a game there from the the big breakthrough year where the Bills uh, uh, I, what was it six field goals or something um so I, I think the Jets, I would take them seriously if they got Derek Carr. I like Derek Carr for them more there than I would say I like Aaron Rodgers.
2: That's interesting, and maybe so, especially with the how Rodgers kind of is wishy-washy and what his future holds right there. I don't exactly know, you know your reasons, but I can understand that. I mean, even if you have to – even if you get Aaron Rodgers – what is it in 2024 then? Right? I mean, at least you get Carr. You have a few yeah. years of stability probably with them, and they can continue to build what they're building, and they would be pretty good. It, it's such an interesting spot for them because they, if they really want Rodgers, they're going to have to wait. And in the meantime, if they wait too long, suddenly Carr goes somewhere else. Now they're left. If What if Rodgers then doesn't become a free agent or right. get, get go on to another team or whatever? So they have to kind of make a decision sooner rather than later, especially if they you know, don't want to wait around for Aaron Rodgers and be left holding nothing, basically, at the end.
3: Sal Capaccio on the West Her hotline. You tweeted this morning that tomorrow is the first yeah. day for teams to place franchise tags on players or transition tags. Lamar Jackson might be the most prominent name in the league for this. I think it's probably a formality, but they have two weeks at, starting tomorrow in which to do that. Do the Bills have any candidates?
2: Yes, they have two candidates, but I don't think either will get it. Um, One is more of a candidate than the other. That would be Tremaine Edmonds. The other candidate is Jordan Poyer. And the only reason I include Jordan as a candidate is because he's a high-profile free agent. He's one of their best players, and he's going to free agency. But everything that's – the way this – his situation's been handled since August, really, just basically lends you to they're not going to do that. It seems like they've never – really been super eager to get something done there, whatever those contract negotiations look like, it's never seemed like it's been on a track to ever really being resolved or the Bills even necessarily going out of their way to try to make sure they retain Jordan Poyer. as much as I think he wanted that to happen. You go back to August, and you have Drew Rosenhaus coming to camp, and it just, there was, oh, this must mean they're going to be doing something. It never really happened. It never materialized, and it didn't seem like the Bills were... You know, ready to do that necessarily. At his age, I can't see them doing that. Uh Tremaine Edmonds would be more of the candidate, but I don't think they're gonna do it for him either because it's twenty million dollars. <laughs> and let's just say, let's play this out now, for example. Even if the Bills said, Well, look, we want to retain Tremaine, so here's our here's our mechanism, let's pull that lever, we're gonna keep him twenty million dollars, here's the franchise tag. The way it works is if they do that. $20 million counts towards their cap. For So as long as they go without actually signing him, they have to count that $20 million on their cap. I don't see any way they'd be interested in doing anything like that. Right,
4: and, and, and that would create, for Edmonds, maybe even more leverage because they would know right. that the Bills would be really eager to get out from under the $20 million number in the form of a long-term agreement, which they'd have until, what, the middle of July to get that done. Mm-hmm. And But that could drive that price up. And you don't want to be in that position either, I don't think, if you're the Bills.
2: That's exactly right. And I think um, you're know, the Bills' philosophy under Brandon Bean is draft, develop, retain. And Tremaine, I think, is a great example of a guy they would love to do that with. Now, financial situation may dictate that they aren't able to do that. But I, I think they're very interested in keeping Tremaine Edmonds. But they're going to put a number on it. They're going to probably try and do what's best that the— the good thing for Tremaine with the Bills' situation, with the Bills' side of things, is he's still so young. They can give him a longer deal, like even a five-year deal. You don't see a lot of five-year deals necessarily in the NFL, but if they give him a five-year deal, other than quarterbacks, I guess, you can spread that money out further and longer to allow for the cap hit to be even less in these first couple of years where they're a little bit more salary cap challenge. So that's the the really good news. And for Tremaine, you know, that doesn't... He he can he can do that and still get another big contract in a in four or five years even because he'll only be thirty years old at a position where he can still play at a high level so I think that's the sweet spot I think if you're going to do this that's where it falls the question just really comes down to how much you value him value him and how much he can get on the open market if if he's going to command fifteen eighteen million I I don't think that the Bills are going to go that high. Um, they'd probably be more interested in something less. We'll see. I mean, some linebacker contracts of well, Roquan Smith. What What are we talking? Twenty million dollars? No way. I don't see the Bills doing that. <laughs> right. Now, I will say, if you remember two years ago, this similar situation was basically playing out with Matt Milano, mm-hmm. and it looked like yeah, they're probably not go- going to afford him. And then, literally, right when free agency, you know, negotiating window opened, Levante David had signed, and then that kind of set where Milano would go and bam, he was in the fold at eleven million a year.
3: So, Sal, you've got free agency coming up here first, mid-March, and then the draft at the end of April. How do you think the bills or how would you go about kind of sort of trying to figure out which positions do I want free agency for and which positions am I thinking more in terms of the draft? Um, Maybe that starts with what you think happens in like rounds one and two of the draft i think i can do this it's hard when you're drafting 27th maybe to do that or if there's like a certain free agent player that you want how how might the bills try to assess which guys they want from each pool
2: that's a really good question mike i think i think what it comes down to is they will project what the first round looks like well i shouldn't say it that way they'll project what the groups look like what positions what group is deep if they feel like they really need to add wide receiver, which I think a lot of us feel, and they feel it's a really good wide receiver group, maybe they don't target as much in free agency. If it's a thinner wide receiver group, maybe they'll be heavier on it in free agency. I think that's one way they're going to look at it. The other way to look at it is the prices of these players in free agency. Um, you know, right now, you know, receivers are becoming expensive, but you're going to pay no matter what. Uh, I think it, So if you want to go out and get a, a guy that's going to be a free agent wide receiver— you look at that pool as well you say hmm it's really not uh it's not a great free agent pool it's okay i think there's good second and third level players there's not these really big names necessarily but even those guys are starting to cost money so i think it's really where you want to allocate your value which includes your dollars and includes how fluff the position is i guess in free agency and in the draft and they're they'll have all of that
3: right there to kind of weigh which would be the better way to go maybe that Is evidenced at least somewhat by what happened last year, where corner was like almost the only position where you went, what are they going to do? Wallace left, and we talked about different possible Joe Hayden and different possibilities in free agency. The Bills stood pat, and then by the time the draft rolled around, like okay, well this is when you do that, and there were guys uh, that they thought were worthy of it. You know, it turns out specifically Kyer Elam. um, They also have made maybe this is most teams, but certain depth signings before the draft that's what Mm breeda was or crowder or duke johnson in case you know different positions i think they would do that differently but just in case we don't get what we want out of the draft we've got you
2: yeah they'll they'll do that as they started the other day with the zane anderson who they signed you know those are the different kinds of guys and of course you know he's more of a special teams role player but that's exactly right that's exactly what they'll do um they'll have free agency and you know there'll be a a nice guy here that you know by name, they'll do that. And then after a couple of weeks, they'll start to fill out their roster a little bit more, including bringing their own guys back. I think that's the other thing that people have to remember here. Like I look at O line bills have five offensive linemen who are scheduled to become unrestricted free agents. Saffold, Quesaberry, Butker, Van Roten and Hart. Like, don't be surprised if they get, a few of those back, and they just sign short, you know, um, minimum deals because they're not going to be in demand and be getting big deals in the open market. So why not stay with you know the group that you had? And they could get a better deal somewhere else. But these will be the minimum type salary guys. There'll be guys that can use the veteran salary benefit on, which basically means each team gets a certain number of people they can sign to a minimum salary for the number of years that they've been in the league, but it only counts for. A, a lot less, basically, and it, that encourages. It's through the NFLPA to encourage guys who've been in the league to get deals because they don't outprice themselves simply because they've been in the league too long.
4: What do you suppose happened to Saffold this year, Sal? Like that—that what looked like a, a, a kind of a sneaky, smart signing, familiarity with the new yes. coach, um, maybe you know an upgrade in an area you were you were lacking, uh, you know, r- run blocking wise. And it just seemed like that that was a, a real struggle this year. Like, I, I want to say, sitting here right now, I'd be surprised if he came back, unless there's something that was going on behind the scenes that accounted for his performance. I, I think he had a pretty tough year.
2: Yeah, I did. Maybe age just caught up with him uh, playing time. You know, he play, he's played a lot of football, uh, he's been relatively healthy most of his career. He missed some games early in his career. But if you look really over the last seven, eight years, he's, he's played almost every game. Uh, maybe it's a game here or there, and that's a lot of football, and he's gone deep into the playoffs a couple of different times. So you know, that could just very well be it. And then as the season went on, I think especially at the end, you saw there were more mistakes, and I just think maybe that could really be it. I, I wouldn't discount him coming back, but I, I don't think they're interested in you know, going out and giving some deal that's going to you know, get a bidding war for him necessarily. It might be one of those things where, hey, and you could be right, Bulldog, maybe there's more going on there. Maybe there's something medical as well. But hey, maybe we can sign him to a, a, a deal to come back and give it one last run here at a minimum salary. Maybe he has a rebound year. We'll see. But I, I just think it felt like to me that age and the amount he's played in this league kind of caught up to him.
3: So I know you asked to run early. Do you have time for yeah. one more or do you got to go? Sure. Sure. Hey.
2: Just have to take the dog to get uh, her nails trimmed before we go on vacation. Wow. And she's with my parents so she doesn't basically scratch them all up and their furniture.
3: Okay. After, That's what I have to do. I'm just letting you know. Yes. Dog nails <laughs> later on WGR. Yes. Dogs nails. Um, the XFL. So mm-hmm. any takeaways? Like the the changes in the rules. It's how to kick an extra point, which you don't actually kick in the XFL. It's the, the three-point play. The the fourth and 15 instead of the onside kick. There are some interesting things here that have been bandied about before. But here was a game, what, yesterday or Saturday where yesterday, it came to fruition? Yeah. Yesterday, thanks. Uh, Could you see things like that coming to the NFL? Do you think it's a given that they will or what? I could
2: see eventually the
3: extra point stuff
2: that they do. I, I don't
3: think that's something the NFL
2: is interested in right now. I think the NFL, the way they do it, they like it. The kickers matter a little, a lot more, I guess. Um, you know, and, and there, are, there are extra points missed. You know, it, we, we've seen it. Kickers struggled at times last year with extra points in big games. And look what happened in the playoffs with Dallas's kicker, right? That was very dramatic, actually. So I, I think those could be down the road. They've tried that fourth down thing. It's actually gaining more momentum every year, but they haven't fully gone in on it. The one I think is going to happen, in some way is the kickoff and how they really reduce the collisions. We've seen all of that happening over the years, the last several years in the NFL and the way that the XFL did it I thought was really cool actually. These guys are what is it 10 yards apart maybe? Five and then you have to Five five yards apart. Five instead they of kick 15. The ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah and then you have to and then you, you can't go until the returner catches it and then it's like a normal play. They're just right there blocking each other. They're not running 20 miles an hour smashing into each other and I think that's something the NFL will probably look at.
3: Very good. Uh, enjoy the vet. <laughs> Thanks,
2: guys. <laughs> All right,
4: there's Sal Capaccio on our West Her Hotline. His appearance is brought to you by New York's only outlet, Liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your
3: outlet? So th- they are fun to talk about, some of these. Like uh-huh. the 4th and 15 instead of the onside kick. Why not? Why not? If you want to play the safety card, play it here. The onside kick is too dangerous. We now have to legislate how many guys can stand on each side of the ball. What's not good? About, is it? I think maybe it's to answer my own question that, which I should do. I should do that next week when you're not actually right here with me. Um, I, just tradition.
4: Yeah, right. It's just it's it's just not how it's ever been done, and so anything that you do, especially if it comes from one of these startup spring leagues is going to be looked by some segment of your fan base as a gadget, a gimmick. Like what, what am I doing here? I've got the best, most popular league, uh, maybe in the world. And what, what am I, I'm, I'm borrowing from, from Vince McMahon or the rock or like who, what, what am I doing? But that, 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 shouldn't rule it out. I mean, I look, we, we've, we've been over it, mm-hmm. like, you know, pr- pre pandemic they they you know started up, and like are you gonna watch are you gonna watch, and again, I'm pretty cold about it the The stuff I was seeing yesterday on my timeline while I was watching golf and auto racing. Really piqued my curiosity. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, you, you've you've got my attention. I think it it couldn't have gone better for the league on their first weekend than to have that ending that they had in that game, where you, you know you had all of that. You, you had a three point conversion to make it a three point game, and then you've got the the fourth and fifteen thing, and so you got a team scoring all these points in like a minute to win a game. Um, that gets your attention as a sports fan and as a football fan. So. Um, I hope the NFL isn't too proud to consider using things that their fans would probably like and giving yourself a chance. You know, I don't know. Is it 4th and 15 cannot possibly be perceived as too easy. Right. Um, From your own 25, I think. I guess you'd have to see, you know, what what sort of conversion rate you get, um, how much it rivals the chances of actually recovering an onside kick I don't think you want to make it too easy, but the onside kick thing seems dead. Like, it hardly ever works anymore.
3: Yeah, I think you made a great point. W- would the NFL be too proud? It's not our idea. I know I am. I, I, the the number of good ideas I've heard or read about, like, the, for us, I shouldn't maybe tell you this, over 20 years, it's got to be in the thousands that I wouldn't do because they weren't our idea. Like... <laughs> Yeah, sure. Good idea. I am thinking about how good of an idea it is, but I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to mention it. It's not our idea. You know? The NFL will come up with like, "Okay, how about fourth and 14?" Yeah, right. Like, we just thought of something. Fourth and 20. Yeah, right. <laughs> we just we just thought of it. We just had this great idea. I like I like that stuff though. It's fun to talk about. And I want to see if I can find out some odds here in terms of the Bills or um, just chances to make. That's all probably out there overtime is is different we'll get to this after after sports 803 you like these sort of tricked up xfl rules are there any that you just think should be in the nfl or are there different ones dare i ask that i'll tell are you something else stills? that I,
4: I i didn't experience because i never got to one of the games but something that i read about also piqued my curiosity i'll i'll make sure and get to that when we get back to
3: okay lines open mike show up the bulldog sabers and leafs in Buffalo tomorrow night here on WGR?
5: I think considering what else was out there, I think this might be the perfect complement to what this group needs. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Sheldon Keefe sort of fills the lineup with, you know, with Ryan Aron. I know he's starting him in the top six, but he's a guy that can move into your third-line center role if you want.
3: Carlo Coliacobo visited this morning on the Extra Point Show, former Sabre, and Leaf, who now hosts sports radio in Toronto at TSN 1050. I've been on that show. Got through it. You know, uh, I don't have the playing experience of this man or, you know, locker room uh, experience. But they asked me some questions. I think mostly Bill's. Not that I played in the NFL either.
4: That's my experience with Toronto radio is they usually call on you for the Bills. I think they feel like yeah. they've got the hockey side of things covered there.
3: So. <laughs> yes. It's been a while since the Sabres were, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. good enough maybe. <laughs> right,
4: yeah. But, yeah, it was interesting that Tavares went to the wing. It was Tavares and Marner on the wings with O'Reilly centering, and then they've got Matthews still with Nylander and uh, and Bunting, I guess, is, is how that went. Um...
1: Okay, picture this. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
4: And, yeah, I mean, he's saying there, like, maybe that doesn't maybe that doesn't stick. I, you know, we'll see. We had a very disappointing game yesterday against Chicago. Um, got done in by a Patrick Kane hat trick. But, anyway, um, see where O'Reilly ultimately ends up in that lineup.
3: We were in the middle of a conversation about the XFL. This is maybe, well, I know it is for me, the one trick in the bag to get me to talk about it and to be interested in it would be rule stuff mm-hmm. ways to make extra points and overtime and kickoffs and whatever else more interesting
4: sure i th- i think the uh, yeah, yeah i mean i i said it earlier like I, i've been pretty standoffish about these other leagues like i don't mind that they're there um you know there are guys that fall through the cracks and if if if, you know they don't make it on their first try at the nfl out of college or whatever and if this creates a pathway uh for them to keep playing and maybe get another shot at it like i'm i'm you know that's compelling but it's not going to get me to watch you know like i'm not going to let me watch you know the the 40th to 60th best quarterbacks in america play football like no thanks um and maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's worse than that when you count all the backups around the league. But anyway, um, the, I, I, I'll next weekend, and you know, we'll see. I'll be in Costa Rica next weekend, so who am I kidding?
3: With Aaron um, Rodgers.
4: But, but even, Right. But eventually, if I get to one of these broadcasts, it'll be to sort of see how all that stuff feels you know if it happens again i mean you got to have an end of game circumstance for this fourth and 15 thing and although i guess you can do that at any point in the game right doesn't is it reserved for the final 2 minutes or something i don't know if it's specific to that or not um like can you do a can you you know can you score in the first quarter and try fourth and 15 from your 25 I
3: would to? hope so yeah but i don't know
4: um so i You know, you never know, I don't anyway, how I'm going to feel about that stuff in practicality, like seeing it in a game until you're watching a game and it all happens. Um, And that is the kind of thing that will get me to tune in just to see if, you know, do I like this? Um, I'm open-minded about it. I think I like it, but let me see it in a game, Um, you know, and and see see where it goes from there. So that's why I said I I think they – sure, if they had had a bunch of highlight reel plays or something in their games – Maybe that would have been great for them. But the curiosity about the rules and their impact on the games are what I think is going to get me anywhere near watching one of their games.
3: I'll just say, because you, you made that point about the quality of the players, and we talked about this like during the ho- hockey strikes and other things, I, I, I'm kind of the way I used to be on this, I think. like I don't mind that. I don't think I would even necessarily know the difference. I know the difference between like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen and Andy Dalton, I guess. But if you didn't know that these guys were a level below, how obvious would it be? You know, most plays, maybe in the passing game, you could really tell. Uh, I should try and watch one of these games and see for myself. Like, A.J. AJ McCarron was one of the stars in the XFL over the weekend. And, like, if he was somebody's backup in Carolina or one of these dozen or so teams that didn't have it figured out the Jets that would have looked passable it would have looked maybe even better than what a couple of teams had but at least the same yeah and so I think your estimate about like what the quality of quarterbacks at least at that position is is probably really close at 40 to 60 that's probably right um maybe even a little higher
4: I know when I looked at it, uh, and I, you know, like, I got to go back to, like, I, I think I remember being in a hotel room in Indiana with John Gale, uh, having gone on a road trip to see Nichols play at uh, C- Culver, or Cat- What? It, uh, who, who cares. But I was on the road, and that was, like, the, the debut weekend, you know, pre-pandemic again, and I just remember watching it and just being like, hey, quarterbacking. And even last year, looking in on it briefly, I'm watching Paxton Lynch skip balls on the ground, or whenever, whenever they last played. I don't remember if they were there last year or not. If one or both of these leagues were were active last spring or not, um, but I I just remember feeling like that that's where it, like simple well plays that look simple to us watching NFL quarterbacks make throws like to the sideline right 15 yard out pattern, and like oh <laughs> right. it just looks labored. And you just immediately know, like, you're already, I think, suspicious that you're going to be let down at the caliber of play. And, like, so you see a couple of balls thrown in the dirt, and you say, ah, this is garbage. And it's reactionary. It's probably an overreaction. um, But, you know, it doesn't take you long to get there if you're already sort of on the fence about whether this is a good idea to watch or not.
3: Quarterback is such a tipping point. Like, if you took quarterback out of this equation, would it look different at all? If all the quarterbacks were the 20th best quarterback in the world. I'd say say barely. You know, like how how would you tell? Would there be big runs? Would there be big hits? There would be everything that you're used to in the NFL. But the quarterback play is such a tipping point where if you had, instead of the 20th best, if you had Derek Carr as the quarterback of every XFL team or Cousins or somebody like that, it might be about as good. -hmm. If you had McCarron, no offense, Ben DiNucci, another guy who played this weekend, then it's hard to, it might be really hard to make it entertaining because you have to have those passing plays, especially these days when we're all so accustomed to that. Maybe not 30 years ago. You know, in fact, when the USFL came around, I, I was there, but couldn't really tell you how much different it was. And yes, the USFL got the likes of Kelly and Steve Young. So they had top college players come into that league, Flutie and Herschel Walker. Like there were plenty of those guys, but it probably looked about the same. And and maybe in the nineties even it would still have looked about the same. Now that's gonna be tough. Like the quarterbacks make such a difference in the NFL, they're so powerful over the 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 outcome of games and the entertainment value of games. They're everything that the X F L will have a hard time. Yeah. I, the the rules thing is really the only thing I, I care about. I made the point about just, like, not sure we're, it's a good conversation about what the difference in quality of the athletes means, but I just can't with any teams, like, name the Battle Hawks, and they're just, like, I have, if there's a Buffalo team, then I have a chance, but without any history with or association with any of these teams, USFL, XFL, any of it, Forget it, you know? Even, is this the same thing? I don't know. I'm thinking of this because I thought of this yesterday. We talked about, if I may, we talked earlier about the the people who yell out stuff at golf events. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think it's interesting. You you hear nonsense yelled out at golf events, but you also hear like, come on, Max, for Max Homa. Mm -hmm. And like, where does that come from? We didn't always have betting on our phones. It may not be that you have a bet on the guy. But, like, where does that allegiance for a golfer or even, like, negativity toward a different golfer come from, usually? Like, why would you prefer one golfer over another one? You know, like, just...
4: You went to the same college he went to? Well, maybe yeah, right? if you
3: have some sort of personal connection, then I get it. Right. But most right. people would not.
4: Right. Then it's probably gambling.
3: You think? I mean...
4: <laughs> or is it just a chance
3: to yell something?
4: It's my first get. Well, maybe, sure. Ra-
3: John Ra missed a putt early yesterday. It was on... It was. Before it moved over to CBS, and somebody's like, the putt was barely even rolling to a stop yet, and somebody yells out, "Come on, Max, here's your chance," or something like that. Uh-huh. Like, what is what is this guy?
4: Like, I felt does does Rom engender? Like, is he is he one of these guys that people like to raz? Because I felt like while I was watching, and again, a lot of the stuff to me is indecipherable, but I felt like there was a lot of noise around Rom. Maybe. Um, and maybe, you know, he was in the lead, you know, or around the lead, really the the, the whole tournament. So maybe that just comes with whoever is that. But I found myself, is there something I don't know about him? Like, do galleries like to, you know, get after him because he reacts to it or something? I I just, I, I, you know, he's not American. Well, sure. that could be one thing that can hurt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I forgot where I was going. Oh, well, I know I wanted to mention one other – I said we went to the plate. There was one other thing about this XFL that I was seeing reaction to. I didn't experience any of it watching the games. Um, but the, the the way they handled I, – I know, right? I'm about to tell you that this is a curiosity to me, even though I hate replay. But the way they handled the replay stuff, from what I understand, is that Dean Blandino is, like, in charge of that. He's in a command center, and – he you can hear him talking to the official like taking the official through the replay and so they're they're a lot more transparent about what's going on like some of my least favorite moments in the sport in the NFL are are the conversations that happen on TV while we're wondering what the officials are trying to figure out <laughs> like that just, they just may, and they've added to that with these former officials every network's got them and they're there And so this is more of that, I guess, because Blandino was, from what I'm reading, like kind of very prominent on these broadcasts. But I think if you're taking me kind of behind the curtain and I can hear you talking to the official and explaining what the replay is showing, I, I feel like that might be better for me as a fan than listening to Jim Nance, Tony Romo, and Terry McCauley or whoever it is there gene sterator is the cbs guy sorry i should know my roster of former refs who are in the booth um oh. sort of guessing about what's happening i'm hearing the people who are making the decision discuss
6: it and i just think that that's more informative
3: i agree here's tj with us hi tj
6: Hi uh, yes i wanted to get to you about the uh some xfl points um when it comes to certain things like uh if you wanted to go for like an onside kick uh, they only allow it in the fourth quarter, and you have a chance to keep the ball, but not just with an onside kick. But it's like a fourth and fifteen. If yep. you get the ball past the fifteen yards, then you get the ball back at that point. If you miss it, then obviously uh, the other team gets the ball there. Um, so, thing you exactly really- so you can't.
4: You uh, can't. What you're telling us? Because I asked, like, can you just do that anytime you want? You're saying it's restricted to
6: the fourth quarter. You're allowed to do an onside kick whenever you want, but that one style is only in the fourth quarter. Okay, Okay. gotcha. Um, One really cool thing I think that the NFL should should take on is the challenge that they have there. Not only can you challenge, like, was it a catch, was it inbounds, but you can challenge, like, I think that was holding on the defense. You guys missed it. I want to challenge that. Mm -hmm. So now they get to go back, look at that play, and say, oh, wait, he was holding the wide receiver. We do get to throw the flag
3: on that. Right. Good. Thanks, TJ. Overtime is different.
4: I don't think I want that.
3: (laughs) They also have a rule where you get nine points if any player on your team can sing all the words to, we didn't start the fire without a mistake. Automatic nine points. Boom. You're down by nine, and there's two seconds. The whole thing. There's, you're down by nine, there's two seconds left, you got one guy on your team, he's not even really athletic, but he can sing that whole song without a mistake, and then boom, there's your nine, and then you still get the conversion attempt.
4: It's a little gadgety. A little. It's a little gadgety. If it were a song I liked more, maybe I'd like it.
3: One point if you can juggle. It's all it, all it takes. Mm-hmm. One point for that.
4: I think juggling is harder than that.
3: It should be worth more? Should juggling be worth more than one point in XFL games? I I can see that question. Oh, baby. I'm going to make a poll right now. Right now. Should juggling be worth more than (laughs) one point? Sorry, TJ. We're not not mocking you. I'd like that you knew knew those and called in. Thank you for that. Yeah. Overtime is each team gets three attempts to score from the five. Three different plays from the five. And they're worth two points each. If you score, you get two. If you don't, nope. And if it ends tied, then you just go back and forth until it ends. There's no, you know, football game. It's more like college in this way. Three plays from the five-yard line each, two points each. And you can't actually kick an extra point, I believe. Just where you can go back two or three different distances. I think it's three options, one, two, or three points. Yeah. All right. More strategy. I mean, if it takes hold, then you've got people arguing about whether they should have. My, my brain is not ready. Whether they should have gone for the two pointer in the second quarter because the score was 11 to 6 and nobody juggled yet or sung the song yet. <laughs> so. <laughs> Imagine Troy Aikman having to analyze that. Just good luck. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, back after this timeout on WGR. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Some Sabres, some XFL Nuggets, some golf. Yep. Some Sal. Did not get out of respect for you mostly, Sal's breakdown of his February fixed draft on Saturday night. Yep. Swanky room one twenty. We were happy to be guests there. Friend of mine, guy in the league, is a member, so we were like right across the parking lot from you and um, drafted for next year. And the first overall pick was Patrick Mahomes. Hmm. Super flex bulldog. That's why. Yeah. Could have been cool. Allen. He was second.
4: Elevate those quarterbacks. Yeah. That's right. I think I like super flex because quarterbacks should be the most important guys in anything football related.
3: <laughs> yes. I ended up with Daniel Jones as my number one. He could do better. Is he gonna price is he gonna price himself out of the Giants? Like
4: maybe, maybe What yeah, is this right? now?
3: Forty five million dollars? He's not even age, good.
4: Changing agents, um, yeah. I mean, maybe they're headed for a franchise tag there. Um but yeah, it it seems like, you know, it's never a good sign when you're like on the on the cusp of negotiating the next contract or already have started negotiating the next contract. I don't know where those things stand, but like, you know, it's like, I don't like how this sounds. It's going, I need new people to go to work for me. Okay. Good Just luck. Just like,
1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
4: Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time
3: Jason is with us. Hi, Jason. You just
4: love that. How's it
5: going, guys? Yes.
4: Good, Good, Jason. Thank you. All right.
5: Anyways, um, I know you guys have been talking about the XFL and everything, but I had a thought about the Bills, and I was driving home when Sal was on, and I missed that He was there. But uh, did you ever notice that Ryan Bates did very well at left guard? And when he was moved to right guard, he did very bad. Now, he was in between two pro bowlers, Deion Dawkins and Mitch Morris. And then once he moved out there to right guard, he didn't do as well. Now, uh, that Sappho guy was hurt and everything, but what do you think about just moving Bates back to left guard and maybe getting a new right guard and see what can happen with Spencer Brown, which, in my opinion, is not going to make it. There's okay. your XFL comment. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Right.
4: You thanks. Um, sure. I mean, if if, it, if it's right, it, I mean, I would think the Bills would, would certainly see fit to, to look at that and figure out if Bates indeed was a better fit on the other side, then why not put him there? I mean, if you're going shopping for a guard, um, then maybe, you know, get your best five guys out there. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of getting some competition for Brown. Um, It's too bad, you know, Tommy Doyle got hurt early this year. Maybe he would have gotten a look with how Brown's season went. Um, So that's, like, it's not at the top of my list of priorities, but getting someone who might be able to unseat Brown if he's shaky again would be something I would be thinking about this offseason.
3: I'm thinking there are probably at least two new starters up front for the Bills. Uh, So maybe, uh, maybe you'll get your wish. Thanks, Jason. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog. Back after sports on WGR. Okay, picture this.
1: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better